Welcome back to the Statues Podcast. With me, I have my co-host, Crystal. And on today's episode, I wanted to talk about one liter of tears. (laughs) We bring it back. I always talk about this film, but today is the special day where we have finally completed watching it. For me again and for her the first time. Yeah, we finished it like two days ago. Yeah. Okay, so the reason why I wanted to bring it up was because I actually wanted to ask you a question. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Was there something that you learned from watching this movie? Mm, Life's too short. Like, I, I feel like I've learned that already, you know, with my dad passing away. But more so, like, I guess through, like, a different set of lens where, like, your own life is too short. You know, like, it, the life of of others around you is too short. So you enjoy the, the, the moments with them. But also your own life is too short and that there seems to be, like, never enough time, even though you could have accomplished so much, it might not feel like you've done enough or, or, or that you've lived to like your like full potential like does that make sense yeah 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 no, it makes sense this movie so this movie is only like 11 episodes long and it's it's about like 45 minutes each episode you could probably finish in like two days we if, finished it in two days two days yeah this movie so it's like I said, I've always talked about this movie and this movie has popped up within the podcast episodes here and there. And But the brief summary of this movie is that there's a girl and she discovers that she has this neurological disorder that um, takes away her mobility and her her ability to be able to... Do like everyday things. Like yeah. she can't... She can't speak anymore. Like slowly, she can't speak. She can't walk. She, she can't even. She can't eat properly because her like the um like her nerves will start like spazzing up and whatnot. So it's it's the loss of like uh, you, the the loss of like your feelings. I think like the, like the muscle. Yeah, 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 and so um. Rewatching this movie because I, I I watched it back in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and so rewatching it again really, it really flooded my head with like memories of why I did certain things, and this goes back to um, maybe this goes back to maybe the previous episode when we were talking about happiness was. I think that's why I decided to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right, because back in high school, it was up until grade eleven that I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I think it was after watching this movie that I looked at myself and I kind of had to ask the question of like, do I continue living my life caring about what other people are going to say about me? And and this goes out to everyone too, right? Because we have this problem as humans that we're always going to look at ourselves from other people's point of views. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes very detrimental and that becomes very toxic. After watching this movie, it, it's like you said, I I saw life in a different way. I saw life in a way where maybe it was too short. And if I continue to do this, what what will I have left when or if something were to happen to me or to my loved ones and I don't have the happiness that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I I feel like that is what I've learned the most because, like, you know, like I, I miss, like, the first, like, two minutes of it. But then it jumps straight into the story, you know, where she's a regular teenage girl. You know, she's 15. She's going to go do her exam to get into, you know, her dream high school. But then that was when, you know, um, the symptoms started to kick in. And then, you know, like, she's going about her everyday life but not realizing it and slowly learning, you know, that she's got this disease that is incurable. And you just think about it how, really, up until that point, she was living a normal life. She could do everything that she wanted, you know, whenever she wanted. You know, she lived the life 
a very diligent life of mm-hmm. being a daughter and a sister mm-hmm. and a good friend to the people that she was yeah. around and a student like she, mm-hmm. and so it was just to like to see all that and then just slowly her life everything that she thought she knew was just gone like she was a whole different person yeah i think that's why like it the lesson hit me like differently too mm-hmm like, and and this is why I recommend this movie a lot is because what everyone when everyone watches this movie everyone's going to take away something differently. Of course. And and you're going to be able to find a way to relate to it because this is a normal this is a normal girl. Mm-hmm. This is and the thing about this movie is that there are no twists and no turns. Right no. away from the jump the first second of it starting is from the mother's point of view after the daughter has died already so you already know that the daughter's dead mm-hmm. but even then like you if you miss like the first like two like two minutes like i did even then like you could tell like slowly leading up to the point where like she's going to i, I think it's in the first episode she goes and she gets a diagnostic done you know at the hospital and the doctor tells her you know these are what it is these are the symptoms it could be this you can already tell that she's going to die yeah like e- it's 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 plain obvious and so like you're just you just have to emotionally prepare yourself for that journey of seeing this character trying to live you know through life and through this disease as best as she can yeah and it's it's sad right because watching this movie it's something that i think everyone can relate to regardless of age regardless of where you're at in your life it's something that you can relate to because you see this girl and she asks questions that we as normal humans don't ask in our day-to-day you know why does this why did this disease pick me i don't want to die will i get married these are questions that even when we do ask it doesn't hit as hard as when she asks because you know that she knows that she's dying. Yeah, and it it, it comes from it comes from deep within. Mm-hmm. These questions are coming from somewhere deep within that. When we ask these questions, it sounds silly, but when she asks it, it makes you look at yourself, and it's like, oh, you know, like we take these small things for granted. We look at it, and you know we. This goes out to, like, people that are dating and, and, you know, like, when we were younger, too, is we always say, oh, we're never going to find a boyfriend. We're never going to find a girlfriend. You know, mm-hmm. we're never going to get married. Oh, you know, this and that. Yep. Or time is going by way too slow. Like, yeah. I, I've said that one too many times in life. And then you look at someone like her and it makes you think, like, ooh, I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm very selfish for not appreciating time that's true you know we as people look at time as something that is a nuisance it's it almost seems like an infinite amount for us it's endless you know because we could have be having a rough day at that time but but when we're like comparing it to her story her time was too short she felt like time was was too short for her and she wasn't able to fully enjoy it yeah and you know, when you look, so the person, the thing about this movie, right, is in the movie, right at the end of each episode, they show you actual actual photos of the actual girl that had this disease. Mm-hmm. And so as you look at it, you, you slowly see her deterioration. She's this happy schoolgirl who's enjoying life with her friends, enjoying life with her brother and sisters, you know, and, and her her parents. But then these photos, now she's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Now she's lost the the control to be able to walk. Mm-hmm. And and this is a girl that she enjoys things that we we enjoy too. Mm-hmm. She was what um, a straight A student, uh, basketball. She loved basketball, but slowly. So this is where it hits me too, right? Is slowly, she can't do the things that she loves. 
not because she doesn't want to, but because it's taken away from her. Yeah. And then there we are as humans being told that we can't do what we do and fighting for what we want to do because we still can do it. And then when it gets hard and hearing, you know, and and this goes for myself too, is saying to ourselves, maybe I should give up. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think for me, you know, like, don't get me wrong, the entire TV series just hit me on a whole different level. But it was during that parent-teacher meeting and, you know, the parents are, you know, bringing up her her disease her condition and how it's affecting their children you know from a parent standpoint where yes you know this person is interrupting their learning they're not they're not able to concentrate and do well in school yes you you want to be that person be like you know my child deserves the best but also from like from the mom's point where she's like you know it's not that I don't understand, you know, I do understand that my child is affecting your children's learning environment, but I, I just want her to be able to fulfill what she wanted to do. You know, this is her dream school, you know, just give her a little bit of time because she'll never be able to come back to this moment anymore. And then later when the, I'm assuming that's the daughter of the one parent, she goes and she brings it up to the class, but the girl is not there. Like she's standing outside the door. She's not in the class. She left and she came back to get something. And then she heard how everybody in her class just, they just couldn't take it anymore. You know, like even her friends, you know, they, it almost seemed like they were turning their backs on her because they couldn't handle it anymore. But I just, I just felt so sad for her because. Of all the choices that she was stripped of, this was the one choice that she wanted to have. Exactly, but and she just then, couldn't and then, fulfill it. And that's the sad part was, of all the choices that she had in life, and then being stripped of those choices, this one choice of wanting to go mm-hmm. to school, and that being stripped of her by everyone around her, yep. was the hardest thing to watch because we as people look, you know, and this goes for everyone, and... Uh, I'm not going to say everyone, but this goes for a majority of the people. We don't even appreciate what school should mean for us. Yeah, that's true. You know, because to her, a school was a future. School meant there was something at the end of it. Yeah. Instead of dying, there was something at the end of it. You know, instead of it being nothing, she felt a possibility of a future even knowing that she was going to die yeah and you know like the prospect of her going to a school that was better suited for her needs even then it felt like to her it felt like her future was never going to happen because it almost seemed like she was settling for a different alternative that wasn't the one that she wanted that could give her what she wanted yeah that was what was like so painful like that entire episode was you know like the parents talking to the mom you know saying like we don't want her here and then this and then her classmates you know whom she thought was friends was like turning her backs on her saying oh we can't take it anymore like we 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 can't and then you just see her face like like i don't know what to do because i want to be here i want to achieve my dreams while i still can but like almost selflessly she's like okay like i can't do i can't put my friends in a situation like that mm-hmm. and th- this is one of those movies that i think was very it, it, it had come at a very pinnacle time in my life when i was in high school where i was bordering the decision of what i wanted to do in my life mm-hmm. and you know like I think it made my decision easier because um, in grade 12, so in grade 12, when I was applying for college, applying for college, I didn't know what I was going to do. I applied actually very late, but I applied only to one college. I and it was the college that was in the city that I was living in, right? So, 
I knew that I could get in. But I had an opportunity in a full ride scholarship to go to the Vancouver Film and Art School. But I didn't take it. And I think I think this movie made me understand a lot, right? Because even as a dumb kid fighting with my parents a lot and, and being an ignorant kid, there was certain aspects that I could understand. And when I looked at my mom and my dad, I knew that we didn't have the financials to do so. Mm-hmm. And this movie was able to make me... Um, I don't want... I think this movie was able to make me look at things differently because it's a full ride scholarship. All I had to do was maintain a certain average for the first two years. And then they would reconsider me for the next three and four. And when you think about it, who wouldn't take up an offer like that? Mm -hmm. A full ride scholarship. All I had to do was pay for room and board. And they had even scheduled me to work in the school. I talked to the advisor and I told them, you know, I don't have the financials to do so. And, you know, we talked about it. They, they'd come up with a, a plan, a meal plan. They had come up with uh, me uh, working two jobs at the school. And everything was set. But when I looked, when I looked at certain things, I couldn't put my parents through the financial suffering. And I knew that. And so I picked going to the local school because at the end of the day, I knew that where I wanted to be, I was going to get there eventually. Even if I couldn't get there as fast as I could have if I had gone to the Vancouver Film and Art School, I knew that I was going to get there eventually. And that's how I kind of went throughout my life was I knew that I was determined to get where I wanted to get. Even if I didn't have the proper support, I knew that I was going to get where I wanted to get. And it was going to happen eventually. And it did. I met the right people, you know, right after college. I was in a stump for a while. And then I met the right people. But even then, you know, like my life afterwards was like a roller coaster. There were many ups and many downs and you know like going homeless for a bit and you know being a dumb kid these are all a part of my journey and a part of a part of something that I'm I'm very proud of and the funny thing is right rewatching this movie it ignited the same flame that ignited in me when I was in grade 11. It ignited that flame of, are you satisfied with what you're doing? Because in, in grade 11, it wasn't that I wasn't satisfied. It was like, I was doing great. I was in what? I can't remember. I think it was computer engineering. I was doing a lot of, I was doing a lot of stuff in high school. I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it was after watching this movie that I looked at myself and I was kind of just like, okay, settle down on one thing. What is that one thing that you want to do? And then it was ComTech. And it just so happened that during the year that I was in ComTech, there was a a trying program that they were going to do called television broadcasting in the school. And so I joined that program and only a select few, I think it was only 10 of us, were selected to be a part of that program. And so we would put together news reports every day we went to you know like the local news stations and learn from them it was then that i knew this is what i need to do this is how i want to do it for the rest of my life if i'm determined about something i have to be able to do it and i was but then i think eventually throughout i think eventually as you continue to do this for a long period of time you lose that I don't want to say passion because I still have the passion, but you lose you lose the the drive and the path that you were eventually gonna go on, mm-hmm. and like, so uh, like losing sight of the direction you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And I lost that. I lost sight. You know, I steered hard left when I was on a good path, and 
you know, and, and we talk about this all the time, right? Is I don't blame anyone about it. I don't blame anyone for it because there is no one to blame. This is how life happened. And I just so happened to be, I just so happened to be very weak minded that I couldn't sustain my mental, my mental strength mm-hmm. and continue that path. And so I strayed. But I know that for years now, I, I know that for maybe two or three years now, I've had this, I've had this lingering thought in the back of my head, like, is this what you want to do? And it, it's been there for years, and it's just hovering around in my head. But after rewatching this movie, and and this time I'm rewatching as an adult. I'm rewatching with the full conscious mind of understanding a lot more than I was when I was in grade 11 and grade 10. That I'm not done. I'm not done with my life. I'm not done with my dreams. I'm not done with my goals and my ambitions. Right now, I'm working on... I'm working on a script for a trailer that I want to create to pitch to Netflix. Mm -hmm. But even then, you know, it made me feel great to be able to do something that I used to be able to do. And then it made me think, I kind of want to write a book. And I thought about it for a while and I've thought about it for years, right? Writing a book. And I think, I think at the stage in my life that I'm at, being able to record down every part of my life not as a negative not not in a negative way but in a way where I can look at it and be happy with everything that's happened in my life and just to be able to record it and and share it with the world as something of a memento for later on in my life to look back I think it'd be great and it it, it just sparked this it just sparked this drive that I lost. You know, I, I, I've had this, the moment it sparked it, I felt young again. I don't want to say I felt single, but I felt young again. I felt this drive, like... Like to push harder than ever, you know? Like to to go back at it again, but with this new found fire and drive, right? Yeah. Because this is what that movie does, is it makes you think. There's not many movies that I can watch and just, oh, yeah, you know, it makes you think about certain things. Because, you know me, I watch a lot of movies like that. But no movie sparks me like that one movie or that one show. You know, I think for for you especially with that movie... It hits differently because that movie was that turning point for you in high school. You know, that 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 like final nail in the coffin of of like what you wanted to do or like the direction you wanted to be in. So revisiting it now, like you said, now as an adult with a, you know, different way of, of thinking, you know, different mentality. The effect is still there, but with with like a different way of seeing things like you know yeah now you know like i do see things a lot differently and i used to look at my i used to look at my life in a way that was very like i used to be mad at myself a lot i used to be angry at myself for allowing myself to be this way for allowing myself to let go right because i let go a lot I let go a lot within the last maybe four or five years. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until your baby sister that uh, another part of me was sparked again. Another, another part of me that I didn't know existed sparked up again. And then it made me want to push so that I could be there with her. And that was when I started working a little harder. I started working extremely hard at what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. But now that I'm 28, going 29, you know, I'm bordering the the 30 
I'm bordering my 30s and time and age it has nothing to do with this but for me it was always about my personal goals it was about my my destination i knew that by the age of 16 i wanted to know what i wanted to do by the age of 18 i wanted to start running my own company by the age of 20 i wanted to be able to look at myself and say that i was successful and then by the age of 23, I wanted to get married. And then by the age of 24, 25, I wanted to have kids. I had planned out my life. But as someone who can look back and say, oh, nothing happened the way I wanted it to. I don't want to plan out my life anymore. But I do want to, I do want to be able to achieve certain goals by a certain time now. Because... I've looked at I've looked at my 28 years of life so far as phase 1. And now that I'm on phase 2, phase 2 has to be something that um phase 2 has to be something that I can do and leave behind. And one leader of tears, that was something that she concentrated very hard on at the end of her life was what do I leave behind that is still a part of me? And everyone around her, everyone around her was driven by it as well. Her sister had become a nurse at this same hospital that she died in. Her boyfriend became a doctor at the same hospital that she died in. Her brother became a, uh, a police officer. These are things that we don't think about. What are we going to leave behind so that one day people can look at it and and find their way through life? She she wrote she wrote a diary entry every day while she had this disease. Mm -hmm. And those diary entries were then published into a book. And I I just bought the book after years of wanting to because you know back then we didn't have the accessibility to be able to, to but now that I do I want to read it and I want to read it and see what I can do for myself because this is someone that through time Time wasn't on her side, but she made do with the time that she did have. Mm -hmm. But if we're still young and healthy and we're still kicking and we're, we're still, you know, we got no issues and I'm doing nothing with my life, then when the time does come, what do I have left to leave behind? You know what I mean? Like for me, My family is very much so about leaving behind legacies. My grandpa left one. You know, I, I chase my grandpa's legacy every day. The legacy that he built when he came to this country. It's something that I look to every day and it's something that I never forget. And I know that my brothers too, my, my brothers and my sisters all do too. We never stopped thinking about what my grandpa wanted. We never stopped looking at how hard he worked for his kids and his grandkids. And so that's why, you know, even when people doubted the abilities that I had and doubted what I wanted to do in my life, I didn't think about them. I thought about my grandpa. And even if my grandpa didn't agree with the way that I took my path, I knew that he would understand when I was on that path. Because this path was something that I wanted to take on my own. Instead of doing it the traditional route that everyone was going to do. Because I knew that I wasn't like everyone else. I wasn't going to learn like everyone else. And this is something that I've come to understand. Is that a lot of the people that I've met during my, my journey. And, and the reason why I want to write my book is because I think a lot of people 
are at that are at that pinnacle point of not knowing what they want to do but wanting to try something and I want to show them that it's okay to try something and fail that it's okay to try something and hurt and it's okay to try something and want to give up because that's what my book will be about my failures my heartbreaks my my trivial attitudes during my life my personality and the phases that I had gone through to become the person that I am today I've thought about it for years about if I wanted to really make a book but I think now is the perfect time to start you and I we've been talking about a lot recently but I think having having you watch this movie the reason why I wanted you to watch this movie not only was it because it was a good movie but I think because I wanted you to understand a part of me mm-hmm. that we that you didn't understand this movie is a huge part of me but yeah. you know like I don't think other people know that about me and that's true, you know, because every time we talk about you, your dreams, your aspirations, and just like your life, because even though we've been together for this long, I feel like I'm learning about you still every single day. Like there are some things that I still don't know about you. And that's not a crime, like, you know what I mean? Like you're still learning things about me. But I feel like, you know, because we, you always bring up this movie, you, sorry, this show, you know, you always bring it up. So every time that you do, I've always wondered, you know, like, why is it so important? And after watching, I feel like I understand why you are the way you are and why you do it at the pace with with the same, like, drive as you do. Like, I, I, I feel like... I'm starting to understand more and more about you and why you do certain things. You know, like the reason behind it. And that's something that not many people, not many people will ever see from me, right? When I watched this movie as a kid, it was something that was very, it was something that had mentally changed me. Mm-hmm. But, I think throughout my life and and going through everything that I've gone through since then up to this point. This movie had taught me certain things that certain things that my parents were never going to be able to teach me and certain things that people in this world were never going to be able to teach me, especially living in a Western country. Mm-hmm. Living in a Western country. It's a lot more free. It's more free and like the people around you, especially when you're born directly from, you know, this country, it's, it, they don't see and perceive things the same way we as Asian people do. You know, like your parents are, um, how do you say this, in terms of like they're very Asian, you know, so you were raised that way. But while, it's like you said, people here are a little bit more free in a sense where they they have worries but in like a different in a different way yeah like y- you know what i mean so when we when we watch movies like this we we get it and it's a little bit more um like it hits home in a sense yeah it does and you know i've never said this to anyone right but i think throughout my entire life i've never fit in anywhere i've never felt like i fit in that's why I've always chased to have a company. Mm-hmm. I've always chased to build my own company because I felt like if I could build, if I could build something that I wanted to, I could find people that were going to be like me mm-hmm. and that I could fit in. But as I continued doing that, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to because these people that I do find 
it's not that okay. It's not that I couldn't build my own family. I talk a lot about building a family. And it's not that I couldn't, but I think I was more attracted to the fact that these people were different. And these people were like me, just trying to find a place to fit in. And I was more attracted to that. And not trying to build a family with them, but more so attracted to the fact that we were all different. Trying to find a space, a time, people that we could all fit in together. And even to this day, I I feel like I could never, even to this day, I still feel very um, lonely. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I just feel like no matter what I do and no matter where I am, I don't feel at home. You know, like, I moved away from home Maybe I think I moved away from home in my 20s, my early 20s. And then I lived out in Mississauga. But it never felt like home to me. And then moving back here just last year, I still feel unsettled as if this wasn't home. Like, this isn't home for me. Mm-hmm. And this rewatching this, rewatching this drama. It made me realize something that maybe I think I realized back then was that I don't know if I fit in anywhere. Watching that show made me feel, watching that show it made me feel like I could connect with her character because when we live in a world like this, we are stripped of our choices. Mm-hmm. Let it be the small things. But I think eventually it just got to a point where I didn't want to be stripped of my choices and I wanted to be able to give my give myself more choices than what was being stripped of me. But now I'm at a point in my life where I don't know if it's choices that I need. I think it's just more so a feeling inside of me that needs to find home like I know it sounds weird and I know that it probably makes no sense at all but now I'm at a point where I just want to find a place I can call home because you know me since forever I've talked about if I could I'd uplift my entire life and just move to Tibet somewhere quiet somewhere beautiful somewhere where if I close my eyes and I open it I'm not worried I'm I'm constantly worried where wherever I am here I don't know why it's like this anxiety that I have this constant anxiety that never goes away but I don't know why like maybe it is that I need to be alone maybe it is that I do like living on my own you know, I, I, I saw this I, I, I saw this uh, clip and they were saying anxiety and depression is wanting to be alone but not wanting to be lonely. Wanting to have friends but wanting to be alone. Wanting to being tired but not wanting to be productive. Wanting to be successful but constantly failing. And I think that's just what it is for me. Is I've always felt like that, where no matter how hard I push and push and push and push, I hit this wall every time. And it makes me ask, I always ask this question, is like, why? Why am I, why am I hitting these walls? And like, I can't find an answer. Because, you know, I'm I'm born in a family that's very religious. Mm-hmm. Very, very religious. But I think over the years, I've, I've, it's not that I'm not religious now, but more so I think I'm more open to religion being a concept. 
religion being a concept from my mind. But rather than a way of living, you know, yeah. because there are, you know, for your family, it's not that religions are bad, you know, they're not, you know, they they give you the, your foundations of life, you know, they, they help build it. But, you know, with your family, it, it it's how you, it's like you eat, breathe, sleep this you know like the, the the way it is you live it but for you rather it's just it's it's to help you but it's not like a crutch you, you know you don't live by these like they are you know like the way of life like does that make sense yeah and i think it started with it started very young for me right it's, it started very young for me because I think it made me start. It, it made me question a lot about religion when I was watching this this drama, because mm-hmm. someone so young. How could how could God pick someone like her? How 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 could He pick someone so innocent, so 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 much life left in her, a future that was brighter than mine. You know, it made me think like that. Like, why pick her? Mm-hmm. When there's an idiot like me that exists, you could have picked me. Like, like you get it? Like, yeah, like it, that. It, that's the hardest question. Like, it seems like cruel because yeah, this person has you, something. You feel bad, exactly. Like they haven't done wrong. They, but. But for some, for people that have done wrong, they it's almost like compared to this person, they're like free like they're like scratch free you you look at like you look at people that abuse their family or abuse their kids and you Mm -hmm. look at people that like i'll even say this is like i've compared it to myself Mm -hmm. where it's like you have an idiot like me and you give someone like her that disease but she had so much life she knew what she wanted Mm -hmm. she knew how what happiness was for her yeah. She she treated her brothers and sisters better than I did. So why did you pick her? Mm-hmm. And that was the start of that was the start of my religious journey as well, right? That's why when I say this movie meant a lot to me was not only for my career, not only for my life, but my religious journey as well was I started to question a lot of things as I got older. As I went through my life, I started to question a lot of things that we don't, we're not supposed to question. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, like as kids, we are taught, believe in this and do this. And this is how things are in our family. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. It is the way it is. But as I got older, I started to question a lot of things. I started to look at things differently. I think, you know, when you start growing up, you start questioning these things because they, you are your own individual person. So you realize these things no longer align with with certain things that you believe in. Yeah. You know, it, it, you start questioning yourself. You, like, why is it that, you know, mom and dad say X, Y, Z? Like, like, that's how it is. But for you, it's like X, Y, Z might not make sense to you anymore because you just don't believe in... Um, how they do things or, or, or how they see things because you are very different, mm-hmm. you know? So you start questioning that. Yeah. And and it, it goes back to this whole thing of like, I was stripped of choices and now I want to give myself choices. Mm-hmm. And these are my choices. Whether it be the dumbest choices, whether it be the smartest choices, we don't know and I will never know. But I do know that at least I'm giving myself choices and time to think about certain things choices and time to be able to reflect about who I am, who I, Denang Vang, am mm-hmm. as a human being and not as a son, not as a, not as a husband, not as a brother, not as, you know, a brother-in-law, not as anyone else but me, mm-hmm. who yes. I am, not to other people but to me. Yeah, how you perceive yourself. Yeah, because, you know, and I, I, I ask this question to listeners is, who are you? Who are you without the other people telling who you who who you are to you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? The deepest parts of you, your roots, everything that you are. Because I can honestly say to you is 
I was very confused for years about who I was, about if if I am the way I am, is this a lie? Am I lying to myself? Am I pretending to be a good person? Am I a good person? Or am I pretending to be a bad person? There's a lot of things that I wasn't sure of. And I had to ask myself these questions. Like, one of the questions that I asked myself a lot was, am I doing this because I have to? You know, that, I feel like that's a fair question to ask because, and, you know, I always tell it, like, I always say it to you is that, you know, we ourselves, at the end of the day, we have to live with ourselves. You know, we, if there's something that we did wrong, we have to carry that guilt. If there's something that we, you you know, did to hurt others, that also affects us too. So these questions that we ask ourselves, they're, you know, not to, you know, bring light so that, you know, we can go tell people of our wrongdoings or whatever it is, but it's just to help us so that, you know, we can live with ourselves at the end of the day. That That's what's hard. That's why I like... It is like you said, it's extremely hard because at a very young age, I started to question a lot of things that were around me. And I think that's why I went through a phase of like rebellion was because you were told, you were told certain things as a young child and then you go through life and then now you're trying to figure things out. But that's also why, like, for example, this is why I was able to understand your sister and why she started to rebel so much was because I'd already gone through that. I'd gone through this phase of who who am I? Because I don't know who I am, but people are telling me I am this person. You know, like at that time, like and, and this is why I say it is the reason why I wanted to write a book was. Because. I don't know who I am. Throughout my life in high school, I conformed to my group of friends because I didn't have anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so you conform this way. And then in college, you have to conform a certain way. And then after college, you have to conform another way. And then so throughout my life, I'd conformed to be so many ways that eventually I didn't know what. I was anymore. Mm-hmm. And then after, you, you know, I met you. And then I didn't know if who I was with you was a lie. Mm-hmm. If it was genuine or not. Yeah. Because after your dad died, then it was like, do I, who am I? Am I just trying to be someone for these girls because they need it right now? Or am, am I really genuinely this guy? Mm-hmm. And then as it went on, that role stuck. And then I had I started to really question myself. I started to question myself because you 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 know it. After your baby sister was in the picture, everyone started to see me differently. People saw me as this, oh he's gonna be a great dad. He's gonna do this, he's gonna do that. But I had to look at myself and and and, and start questioning like Am I going to be a good dad? Mm-hmm. Or am I just this way because of the situation that I was in? Mm-hmm. And there are certain things in my life that, you know, I question a lot. But that was one of the moments in my life where I really did question, am I a good person? A lot of people are saying, you're going to be a great dad. A lot of people are saying, wow, you know. I had to start looking at my life and looking at myself as someone like, are you genuine? Are you you honestly genuine to who you really are as a human being, as a person that people look up to, as a person that people see? Mm -hmm. Are you genuine? Mm -hmm. Like, Is this who I am? Yeah. And, you know, I get it because you were forced into this role. So you were like, okay. I'll just I'll just go with it for now, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but then as you're slowly, you know, like fully fully embracing it and you're just living it day by day, 
you start questioning your own identity. Like, is this who I am? Because the person I was before this wasn't like this. So, so I, it's almost like an identity crisis. It is. It's it's an identity crisis that even I have a hard time to this day dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I know that even you know that I have a hard time dealing with it. Because, mm-hmm. and I, I'll say this so that the viewers understand, right? Is my life before meeting Crystal was very Bachelor-like. <laughs> Even even after though, for a little bit. Yeah, cause cause the way I lived was. I was a person that was very involved in communities, and I was very extrovert. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about I could walk into a, a crowded group and be like, "Yo, you got great talent. I'd love for you to join my company. This is what I do," and I talk with so much confidence that some people were just like, "Yo, yeah, let's join this company." Mm, but you. Not to, like, you know, like, you're not a bad person at that time, but you also didn't care for, like, certain things. Like, you know, whether it be, you know, drinking it up for the night or, you know, like, if there were girls around or whatever it is, like, you wouldn't care because you're just, you're just doing you. Like, you're just enjoying life. Yeah. And and that was the thing, right? It was like, look, I lived this way for years. Mm -hmm. I was this way. This person that I was, I wasn't like this in high school and I wasn't like this in college. So when I did become this way, it felt like I had control over something. Mm -hmm. I had power finally over my own life. Yeah. Finally, people liked me for who I was, who I was at the time. And to this day, I still don't know if that's who I really am. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, if I could take you guys through, if I could take you guys through a time machine and have you guys look at everything that I was before I dated, even you guys would look at my life and be like, "Whoa, he's completely different." Yeah, no, you've you've changed a lot since since then, but it's how do you say this? Like, it's almost scary. How different you are now. Yes. And that's why it's so hard for me, right? Because I went from living a very bachelor life. And then all of a sudden, switching over to like a dad mode. <laughs> no, it's... And I get it, you know? Like, it's very two different people. Mm-hmm. Like, two different sides. And the change shouldn't be so quick. Like, these things come to you slowly. You know, like, when you're going through different chapters of life you know like once the bachelor life is over you've met somebody you just enjoy the life with her and then after you guys get married you know like you have kids and then dad dad mode comes in yeah rather for you it was more like it just hit you like a train Mm -hmm. and then you just had to go with it you know what it felt like for me was i went to sleep and then i never woke up and it feels like everything that I am now is a part of a dream that I still haven't realized is real. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I, I still feel like I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. No, I, and and I get it. You know, there are times where even for me too, and it's not that I hate the life that we have right now. You know, like yeah. we've we've gone through a lot, so I appreciate it. But there are times where I question, like, is all of this, the hurt that we felt, the the struggles, the long journey that you and I both went through, is this all a lie? And I feel it. You know, I, I understand what you're going, what you're going through and how you feel because you start questioning everything that you do. Like, it shouldn't be possible how much you've changed, yeah. you know, that quickly too, in such a short amount of time. It, it, that change was something that it, it's frightening if anything like it, yeah you know because it scares me because everything that I have now like even a marriage makes me question am I am I this way am I really this way it it, it, it makes it very scary to me it make it, I get scared to sleep I get scared to close my eyes because I don't know if I wake up, will I still have it all? Mm-hmm. Is everything that I've gone through a lie? Is everything I've gone through a dream? 
That's why I wake up so early. It's why I have such a hard time sleeping is because I get scared that if I wake up, it might not be the life that I have right now. And then I don't know if, you know, like, like, for example, I raised your sister from the time she was 12 to 16. And then I raised your baby sister from the time she was a newborn to about three. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. I went I went through so much during those times. So much trying to understand who I was, my, ment- my mentality, the, m- the mentality of others that were around me, having to put them first before me. Mm-hmm. These are things that was extremely hard on me. And I'm not saying that it's extremely hard to a point where, you know, like, it's going to trump everything. I feel like it's extremely hard for for you because you were still young. You know, like, um, our parents might disagree because they're like, oh, we had you when we were, you know, 16, 17. But for somebody who, who didn't have that, you know, like, that burden of, having to get married young you know and 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 having kids that early in life you were like every other normal person every normal westerner you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. like so you weren't prepared to take on those responsibilities at a young age like that you know because we met when you were 22 or like 21 22 so 23 24 around that time you weren't ready for anything that followed suit after you 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 and, and, you weren't taught that yet. And and the and the thing was right was I wasn't given an introduction. Like this is the funny thing, right? I always say it's stupid. It sounds stupid when I say it, but I wasn't given an introduction to the new phase of my life when it happened. All of a sudden, I had to take care of you and your sister. All of a sudden, I had to teach your sister what it was like at that age, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Your sister was going through heartache. You were going through heartache. What do I know? I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. At that, okay, so now, you know, it's it's these things that a light switch flips. And I have to act tough. I have to act bold. I have to act like I, I can be dependable. Yep. And then it just stuck. The light switch never shut off. And then eventually it just got heavier and heavier and heavier. And then it got to a point where I don't know if... I don't know if that's who I really am. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest part. And that's where I kind of felt like, this is where I felt like the movie resonated with, the the show resonated with me a lot, was I felt like a disease was eating at me. I felt like this disease was taking control of things that I no longer had control of. My emotions, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I get it because it, it just wasn't you anymore. You know, this this person that you've become wasn't the person that you sometimes feel like was before, you know? It, it, and it goes back to you saying how it feels like a dream. You know, sometimes, you know, like you, you think this is just a long dream to tell you what life will be like. And so you're, you, you're just going to wake up from it, you know? hopefully back but even then the, the, this dream would have changed you too so you, so so you would have asked yourself like is this who i am you know cuz like you said you, you you just weren't ready for it and that's that's not a crime you know yeah cuz this part you know dealing with my dad passing away and then having to raise my sister you know you weren't you weren't equipped for that and and you know i i I just want to say like i don't have any regrets Mm -hmm. because i've always said to you is that i can't say what if i don't believe in what ifs i really don't i don't care for what ifs what has happened has happened. 
for me to say what if is is for me to say I regret everything that has happened in my life up to this point, and I can't say that. Mm, it's almost like insulting everything. It's it. yeah. It's just these are questions that I have. These are these are things that I go through in my head. But it's fair though. It's, yeah, you know, like you having these questions is, is not a crime because life for you just went by so quick and and that's what it is is i feel like the concept of time and space i don't know what that is yet i still haven't figured it out Mm -hmm. no but you know time for us goes by too quick you know as kids growing up you know like we're i'm talking about like toddler you know we we always say oh i want to grow up quick you know and do things that you know like that that you're doing you know to our parents Mm -hmm. and then when we're growing when we've reached that age we just say hey we just want time to slow down a little bit so we have time to catch up on you know certain feelings or emotions or or just just to breathe but it seems like everything is just how do i say this it's it seems like when we blink, the day would have already ended. Yeah. That's what it feels like is I close my eyes and I woke up and everything is different. Mm-hmm. That's that's what time is to me now. That's true because, you know, like e- even for us, you know, like doing the podcast, we, we start at around, you know, like 10 always around that time. But then after we finish, it could be. 12 already you know the afternoon one and we start questioning where did the day go because you know you wake up earlier than i do so you had your day started already you know you're doing things and but then even for you like after that time it it's it it's reaching the after it's past afternoon it's reaching towards the evening and you start questioning where did the day go yeah you know like it, it seems like you just weren't given enough time to even try, try to relax for the day you know if you wanted to yeah I highly recommend this. Uh, I highly recommend this uh, series for people that are um, struggling mm-hmm. with um, with any with life in general. Yeah, with actually. life, anyone that's struggling with life, to watch this movie or to watch this show. Watch this show, not the movie. The the show is is better in a sense where you are, are given like you're more in you're more involved in, in it in, yeah, in anything you're, you're more invested into into her and her story and i mean i'm a crier but i've never cried that much in my life ever because and, and i'm not afraid to say it, you know i'm very spoiled you know i'm very spoiled because you know my because my parents spoiled me and even for you you know you love me so you always try to hide certain things from me but when you start watching that movie you start realizing how much of a piece of shit you are you know and how if anything you're very like you're very fortunate to have the things you have to be able to do the things you do and live life however you want to so the movie really hits you in in every aspect of you as a person it's like a rainbow it, it hits every color because yeah. that's what you feel you know some moments you're happy some moments you're sad some moments you're just really you know like depressed <laughs> yeah this is a series that was released back in 2005 and even for a piece that was released in 2005 it has aged beautifully over the years if anything, it's still relevant to yeah. this day. It's you, still as beautiful as ever. The story, it's like I said, no twists, no turns. It's, it's just as straightforward forward. as it can be. But it's a now, classic. Yeah, it, it, it's something that when you look at, it makes you look at your life a lot differently. Mm-hmm. This is something that, like, that I myself can see myself watching again later on, you know, in the future, you know, maybe after we've had kids, maybe after we've, you know, have accomplished certain things what we wanted to accomplish back then when we, you know, wanted to. So th- this is something that you can revisit and, and you know, like for you, you did, you know, and it just, you start asking where your life has really gone through, you know, like the, the, the steps that you've 
taken the path that you've gone down from that moment that you watched it the first time versus the second time you've watched it. Yeah. Well, this is going to be the end of this episode. I just wanted to say thank you very much for listening. And I hope that you you took away something from this episode. Mm-hmm. I hope that you were able to further understand who I was as a person now you know now that we've discussed this movie in detail yep um thank you for listening um please go ahead and follow us on instagram at the statues podcast if you have apple podcast um go ahead give us a rating once again you know interact with us let us know that you're alive (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. This is your host and co-host signing off. Bye.